Oh, it's 2023, guys. New year, new intro. Here we go. Hey, guys, welcome back again to the Cut, Light, and Smoke podcast. We are in the Huddle Up Studios. That's right. We have a sponsor for 2023. We are in the Huddle Up Studios. We'll tell you more about Huddle Up Stores uh, in a little bit. So the Huddle Up Stores Studios, we're coming live from it. So, it's, I mean, everything's changed. Everything's better and newer and everything else like that. And, uh, again, the Cut, Light, and Smoke po- podcast is presented by ZealCigars.com, Z-E-A-L-C-I-G-A-R-S.com, and CigarSoapbox.com, CigarSoapbox.com. Spell it out, C-I-G. C-I-G-A-S-C-I-G. What the f- It's been a long Cigar. day already, guys. It has. It has. We usually don't record this late unless we're waiting for somebody to come in, uh, but it's been busy today. Cigarsoapbox.com. Figure it out and go to the, go there for uh, the best soap to clean off that cigar smell off your body. Um, so, uh, you know, it's 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 new year and everything. Like that. We're smoking some new cigars here, and we got to be honest right now. Um, these are This is a brand new cigar company. They're coming in at the high end, the premium very, uh, very, very premium, if you would. They're like 20 bucks a pop. It's a brand new company. It's called the Cayman Cigar Company. And these cigars are made in the Cayman Islands. And uh, I just lit up the. Am I smoking the number one? Is that what I'm smoking? You're smoking the Sovereign number one, is what you're smoking. That is a medium strength blend of Longleaf Criollo Seco and Lajero with a Brazilian Bellado. And uh, has a broadleaf binder. And it's wrapped in a rich. Uh, Bahai, I believe, Sumatra uh, wrapper that's from Brazil. So it's a Brazilian Sumatran, um, grown Sumatran, and uh, it's supposed to be a, a really nice medium smoke. I'm just going to tell you, much, I, this is at the jump. I'm just going to tell you what I think of the jump. I've never had another cigar like this in my life. Mm. And I've, I've never tasted the flavors I'm getting out of the cigar. I just, I just haven't. Interesting. So it's really interesting to me. So um, I, I don't know if I like it yet or not. I mean, I'm just gonna be honest about it. But from the jump, I mean, it's it's everything it says it is. It's definitely um, sweet, smooth, and spicy. It has all that, but it's not peppery. So I don't have on the retro hill. I don't have a tremendous amount of pepper mm. on that, which is really interesting. So uh, and these are sent, sent to us to sample by Cayman Cigar Company, and uh, they're a brand new cigar company on the. Uh, Making their way into the cigar industry, and it's it's very it's very very interesting. That's yeah, they they source a lot of tobacco from. I mean, most of the I mean it, most of the area that we get tobacco from is technically could be considered the Caribbean anyway. Really, right, if you right, think right. about it, yeah. but um, they really try really hard to stay, um, and and get they they have a sister company called Beacon Farms that they're working with, and mm-hmm. they're really trying to push for like their own Caribbean grown tobacco too. So yeah, there's they're they're. Interesting when you, company. When you say Caribbean, I mean, it, it could be just because I know it's Caribbean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Cayman Islands, but it has an island like value in the smoke, an island flavor, you know, in the smoke, which is really kind of interesting. And I'm just kind of looking at them, just like it's. It, it looks like any other cigar. It's got an interesting band on it. The band's kind of you know island disc, if you would. It's got that. That yeah, seafoam green with yeah, you know, that red. blue, yeah, with some yeah. palm tree leaves on them, or some yugwa leaves, or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some kind of pan fall, fan palm, or something. But dude, the the cigar is fantastic. It's at the beginning. I'm just telling you that much. So mine I'm, is at least. Yeah, I'm smoking basically the same blend with a little bit different. Uh, it's a little bit more of a bold. It's called their Sovereign Number no. Three, mm-hmm. um, and it's a supposed to be a hardier blend of Criollo. Um, Brazilian longleaf tobaccos, and then it's finished with an uh, an Africa, I think that's how you say it, an Arabica, Arabica wrapper Arabica, from uh, yeah. yeah an Arabica wrapper, which is usually from Brazil. 
I don't or know. Or Colombia. I think it's from India, isn't it? Is Arabica, it from Arabica is Indian, Indian, isn't it? I don't we'll know. Have to look. Yeah, but uh, it's it's really good. Um, it's got some really unique nuttiness to it that I'm getting. Yeah, this one is really crazy in the flavors. It's it's like it's it's strong, but it's got a nice little spicy note to it. It's uh, it's smooth, but it's got some sweetness and some spiciness. It's it's really interesting. It's I, I'm I'm just being honest, dude. I've I'm not tasted a cigar like this before, and I've tasted thousands of, of cigars. So this is really interesting too. It's a very um, unique balance. Right, right, right. It really is. So well, let's 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 get into it today again. So we're you know it, it's our first podcast in the year. It's a really interesting podcast idea that we're that we're taking out because I'm, I'm doing something on the podcast with JB that we that we think most men don't talk about. And our podcast, just to reiterate, is about men, masculinity, and cigars. So we covered the cigar section. We'll be covering the cigar section as we go along in the podcast. Um, and we talk about men and masculinity. You know, I get I get I get mixed reviews, you know, continually on this that, you know, uh, guys, I love your podcast. It's great. I've been listening to it forever. And then some guys are like, you, you stay you stay away from topics that nobody talks about, you know, and then sometimes you go on topics, you go all in on topics nobody talks about. And I think this next topic is going to be one of those topics that guys are uncomfortable with or don't talk about enough and or don't hear about somebody somebody's opinion on podcasts when it comes down to it or with guys in particular we're very 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 brief on this topic and we're going to kind of go into it today uh and and just talk about it which is really interesting so we're going to be talking about grief and mourning as men what does it mean to grieve and mourn as men and i this comes on the heels of a conversation with a customer and a conversation with some other customers as well that we've had as well as certain grief has hit my family recently i lost an uncle right before the first of the first of the year and when we think about grief as men, we think about mourning. I think those things are, are, are one, are not one and the same. They're different, but they're in the same category, if you would. So the first thing I want to start off with is why do you think that most guys don't want to talk about grief, JB? Uh, I think I think one part of it is is it's it's kind of like one of those taboo things, right? Like as a man, you just kind of bury this stuff and keep going because you have to be strong for everybody else, right? Right. Um, right. Especially if it's family related. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a lot of guys that take that role that like they end up dealing with stuff a lot later mm-hmm. because of how, how the person they have to be for everybody in, in that moment. Right. Um, right. And, and I think I think also like I know. I know as as a as a kid, I never really dealt with grief a lot. I never mm-hmm. I was I'm very fortunate now. I still have all my grandparents, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but I did lose some friends. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, really, really close friends to mm-hmm. some freak accidents. Mo- two of them were motorcycle accidents, mm-hmm. actually. Okay. Um, and that was probably the first time that I really, um, had to deal with grief firsthand, especially with being, uh, on the side of it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just not something that anybody ever really talks to you about. Right. Like, right, right. Like my dad or grandpa, to my knowledge, never sat me down and said, son, uh, what you're dealing with is grief. This is what you need to do to deal with it as a man. Right. And, right. you know, I almost wonder if even some of my grandparents were never taught because they were even more hard-nosed than we were when it came to dealing with some of that stuff. Yeah, it's it's an interesting topic by nature of the fact that you have um, – that's what – my wife and I actually had this conversation because my parents are older and we're talking about what, what it's like to be transitioning on from having my parents around. And uh, we were talking about that and, and – in the conversation, it came up as she knows exactly how I'll act in that in that moment, and, and I am that guy. I'm 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 immediately like, you know, I have to 
put on the brave face and I have to handle all the affairs and everything like that. I'm the guy that takes care of my, my mm-hmm. parents' estate. Um, so a, a, as a result of that, that's that's what I act like typically in any kind of situation, you know, when it comes to being being like, you know, if, it, if it's a, a loss of life or something like that, particularly when I was a pastor. As a pastor, you come in to be a comforter, to be a guidance, a director of of emotions in, in certain places like that. And I've been in some really dark places as a pastor going into some really dark situations yeah. to where I had to be, you know, um, somebody who, who guides people through those emotions. So I'm not checking into my own emotions, to be honest with you. It's funny you say that because you, you just sparked something in my brain that, that, that triggered, like, I started thinking about who are the people in my life that I've noticed that dealt with grief really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to be honest, um, I, I don't know if this is where you're going with it or not. I could I could probably guess that it might go here eventually. <laughs> okay. Um, but I feel like people that that deal a lot better with grief in my own circle have been people that are stronger in their faith and filter a lot of that through biblically. Yeah, I I think that that's a great comfort for people in particular. I think that that when when if you have a foundation of faith and when things hit that are unexpected, particularly unexpected, yeah, unexpected or something like that. The problem I see with people of faith is once in a while they go the route of Job in the Bible. And so here's, here's give me all the reasons why. Yeah. They tell me the reason (laughs) They, they, they want to know why this happened. And when you're trying to figure out, why something tragic happened it there's just no answers no matter what happens there isn't because you're you're trying to you're trying to take the place of god and give an answer for only something god knows mm. and so when when that happens we get very 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 spiritual and, it, and it's it's really not people who who don't have a concept of god or don't don't are atheists or what have you i've, I've done those funerals as well um there's it, it, you're just comforting in the now. You're not thinking about eternity. You're not thinking about anything else like that. You're just comforting in the now or remembering what the person, you know, um, the value they brought into your lives and, and what have you. Um, and I, but I, but I, I do see that as, as men in our culture currently, um, we're, we're being, we're struggling both ways where you have, you know, both, uh, both toxic mas- masculinity and you have the, you know, the, the, you know, the, the boys that can shave that aren't that aren't you know the overtly macho guys and guys who are feminine if you would so in in that regard so and I'm sure they I'm sure that if I'm if I'm gonna if I'm picking shoes on that um, what ends up happening is the overtly macho guy just shoves everything down never deals with it the 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 feminine guy might just cry all day you know and never get over it and always remember it and everything else like that and so I think that um, there is a healthy process to um, mourning and grief and there's a healthy process to moving forward with that. And there's an unhealthy process that I've seen happen many times. And it doesn't really happen in the, the unhealthy process. process I see happening in guys is the, because probably because this is the sphere of my influence, sphere, sphere of the people I, I deal with on a daily basis. It's a, it's a, it's a sadness, a shove down and a move on. You know, it's a sadness, yep. initial sadness, a shove down and move on. Like, Hey, life goes on. We got, we got to, make money. We got to make business happen. We got to do things like that. Um, and so, and what I, what I see happening is there's a, there's a minimization of, of mourning and, okay. and a simplicity of grief. I, and I don't think either of those two are to be minimized or simplistic to be quite, quite frank, well, if you want to move on in a healthy way. And to be honest, like if, if I could be really honest right now, um, I don't even know if I'm a hundred percent sure what the definition of actual mourning means. And I think that goes into 
cultural, right? Like when somebody dies, do mm-hmm. we really have a mourning process? Now they're like my my Greek family, my stepdad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, somebody passes away, man, they throw a freaking party, bro. Like right, right. You know, they have a huge life celebration of life. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, um, it's it's just very different. Like right. like my my mourning process in my mind is okay. You go to the wake, and then you go to the funeral, mm-hmm. and then you go home. Right. That's not the same. Like what 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 the uh, what what nationality is it where they have like freaking three or four? Is it Jewish where they have like three or four days where nobody like literally nobody comes to the house? And like, I don't know. I don't, I don't like know. yeah. There's some other traditions out there where like the the mourning process is days where people come for day. Like you know, one process is like they don't come in. Nobody bothers the widow for mm-hmm. like so many days, and mm-hmm. then they come and everybody comes and pays their respects at time, and then they right. have a party, and then it's like I don't know, man. There's just it's like. It's like the coming of age thing that we had. Like, mm-hmm. we don't really have a coming of age thing as well, that's, an American culture either. That's one of the byproducts of American America being a melting pot is that we've multi, multi, and there's nothing wrong with that. No. There's, there's multiple cultures. But you lose some of You're that, right. his, that, that, that rich tradition gets lost in right, some of that. Right, right. I think we all have an understanding of the human experience. When somebody dies, there's, there's a grieving process. Um, there's a funeral, there's a, a, either a celebration of life or, you know, uh, a remembering of, of, of the lost, you know, what have you. So, um, but in, in that, in that little, like, um, in that time, if you would, and I, I say a short, short time period, because usually be time to time, somebody passes away to the time that, um, nobody else is around the, the spouse, you, you're, you're, or the spouse or the ch- children or anybody else like that, you're, you're almost in a week's time period. So the first week, after the first week and everything is said and done, um, the, the grieving in the morning really hits after that from what I've seen, what I've experienced. Yeah. You know, um, and I, I'd say, you know, from my experience, I've never lost somebody I'm super tight with. And I say super tight as far as like my wife and my kids are best friends. Yeah. I have lost friends, you know, who are, who, who were, Nobody's super inner circle, to be quite quite frank, um, and, and that's probably because uh, my super my, my inner circle is really really tight. Yeah, like I don't. And, and what's even more fascinating about our culture that we live in, um, I spend more time with you than my wife and my kids. Yeah, you know, you spend more time with me than probably your wife. You know, the there's people that we see on a daily basis, even that we that we see more than you know other family members that are that are extended, and so. Um, how we how we deal now it's it's a weird it's a weird dichotomy like for example the death of you would be much probably the closest tragic thing that would happen in my life if you would so by nature of the fact that i just lost jb who i see every day and i work with all the time yeah and we have great conversation and now and that adds great value to my life now that's missing yeah you know at this point so i, I think it's it's really interesting now I, i've i have worked with other people before co-workers who i've lost who, who, have, who have who have passed passed away while working with them um, in, in tragic ways where, you know, Bob doesn't show up and yeah. Bob, Bob's dead. We, we just found out that Bob was in a car crash and killed, you know, and all of a sudden we're like, oh my goodness, you're kidding me. I'm never going to see Bob again. You know, so it, it's, in it, I think it's a weird eerie feeling versus like an emotional, like the, you, you probably didn't have a, a, the same kind of emotional relationship that you have Oh, with, with Bob, Bob versus versus you, yeah. right? I'm just using Bob in general. So well, like, I know, but that's what that's yeah. what I'm saying, though. Yeah, is with like, you, with you, it's a little different because we're we're tight outside it, outside of this the, our working relationship, and then there's 
there's messy parts that well and we have to work extremely over. close to, yeah with each other here yeah we do with videos and audio and everything like the like podcasts and videos and everything else like that so I, I think that's um the level of trust and everything like that but when it comes to grieving when it comes to that kind of stuff when it comes to loss uh i i'd like to define mourning and grieving differently just okay. for the sake of conversation mourning is what you do inwardly and grieving is what you do externally if you would. So okay. I, I'll give you an example. I was, I was talking to one of our customers um, and it was, it was a very, very um, opening up of a conversation. Yeah. yeah. It was really hard. Uh, it was just, it was hard to hear. Uh, and we started actually last, it was, this is really, I don't think you even know about this part. Um, it, it started last uh, Friday night I was in here hanging out with my guys and uh, some other guys were hanging out too. So uh, a lot of times my guys come and take over on Friday on in the uh, lounge, but we had some, some people in there smoking still, and uh, I was smoking a storm chaser mm. and I got really sweaty and I, I, got, I got dizzy and uh, I didn't eat all day. Um, I was on my little fasting trip. I, I've been doing like the 14 hour fasting, yeah. right? So I, was, I didn't eat all day and I didn't have enough water and I started sweating profusely and I started getting dizzy and I looked at everybody. I'm like, I feel really weird, you know, and, I, and, I, and I'm smoking the cigar. Maybe it was the cigar. I don't know. Um, I have, I've had multiple storm chasers and I had a problem with it. Yeah. Uh, I've never actually seen you actually even be affected by a cigar. No, no, no. And I was just, I was like, oh my gosh, this is really weird. And I, my heart starts racing. I'm like, what's going on? And, uh, somebody thought I was having a panic, a panic attack. I'm like, I'm not worried about anything. I don't know what's going on. And, uh, Jake, Jake Morrow actually came in, um, one of the Jake's from Soapbox with me. He comes in and he goes, uh, Hey, have you eaten anything today? Did you drink any water? I'm like, I haven't had much water and I really didn't need anything. He's like, Come back here. So we came back here. I got I grabbed a Coke and I drank it. But uh, he's like, are you okay, man? Are you feeling all right? And I finally started feeling better after probably low blood sugar was going on. Um, and uh, I was just like, man, this is this is crazy. I don't I don't I never felt this way before. You know, I couldn't control how I was feeling. So but at that moment, it's funny because everybody around you is really concerned. And I'm like, you know, it's it, it, some. Jake's joke was, you know, you can't be knocking on death's door. We just started a, a new business, you know. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'm not. I don't think I'm knocking on death's door here. But I start thinking about death. I start thinking about those kind of you things. You can't and, do that, man. You know? it's, yeah, yeah. And then someone says, it, I start thinking about, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, what happens? What happens when I die? Not if I die, because ten out of ten people die. Okay. Um, <laughs> There's only two people that I've yeah, ever heard of that didn't. Yeah, Jesus and. Elijah, wasn't it? Yeah, Elijah. Uh, Lazarus came back from the dead, you know, that we know of. I feel like there, was, there wasn't one other person that walked with God that got taken. Just Elijah. Just Elijah? Elijah and Jesus. Yep, Elijah and Jesus. And Lazarus was dead and then came back. Jesus resurrected oh. him. So. I was thinking there was one more for some reason. No, no, no. I'm tripping. Too. Um, so here's the thing. Here's, here's the crazy thing. So in the middle of that, I was like, okay, this is a big this is a big thing. And I started thinking about my affairs and what happens after I die and from, from zeal to soapbox to all these other things I'm involved in. And I'm like, what happens, you know, when, when I go. And so I started thinking about it a little bit. And then this conversation I had just a few minutes ago with one of our customers, I was like, okay, this is a bigger, bigger topic, you know, and so on and so forth. And I thought like, you know, when I'm not, I'm not worried about, you know, dying. I'm not worried about seeing God or anything like that. Um, I'm worried necessarily about um, how, leaving people with a good grieving process. Like it's important I, to, that, to mourn and grieve. That's you know? where my mind was going, right? Like that'd mm -hmm. be a good thing to have Money Guy Dale on about, mm -hmm. right? Is like, what does it take 
for a man to set your family up right so that they can grieve properly and not be concerned about dealing with all the stuff that they have to deal with. Right. Like your right. family dealing with all this, if you were to, to pass, you know, uh, too early, um, there would be a lot that they would have to deal with. There would be a lot. I think my parents have something called key insurance on me. Oh, so, your parents so, probably, your mom knows all that, dude. Yeah, She's, so if I die, I, can, I think that Zeal gets much money. So maybe they're trying to slowly kill me or something like that with cigars. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, uh, uh, you want to you you go up to the Apache <laughs> death, death Caves again? <laughs> so, I mean, um, but I, I think I think there's, there's a couple things that we do as human beings when it comes to grief. So first I'll talk about mourning, and mourning is the inward thing that you do. That's the sadness that you feel. That's the pain that exists when a life is cut short from from influencing you or you influencing it mm. you know that that's that's the the you know a, a, a death of a child somebody who's gone too soon if you yeah. will. you know it's it's not so my, my uncle just passed away uncle orville and i think it was 80 something when he passed away while, while that was while that was still like sad he's 80 something and we expect that right for example if if my dad goes in the next it's, 10 it's easier to mourn <clears throat> that right right so if if my dad goes in the next 10 years, who's 77 right now, um, versus me going the next 10 years, it's a different thing. Yeah. You know, dad passing away, you're like, okay, he's lived a long life and so on and so forth. Um, versus me, that if I all of a sudden go somewhere, you're kind of like, okay, that's, that's a little, it's a little different. So we have this expectation in life that life is supposed to go, you know, 70 something years. And we see that it's, it's actually getting longer and longer the longer we're here on earth. I mean, it used to be like 40 something during the wars and everything mm. else like that early on ancient history. Now That's we true. have, now we have people, I think guys are 76 women, 78, you know, it used to be 74 women and now they're just getting older and older. And we know more about when, science. When I hear people dying in their sixties, sports guys, right? like recently there's been a couple guys that have died in their sixties. Yeah, I'm Rob, like, that's Rob, young. Uh, not Rob. What was his name? Um, the pitcher for the Reds. Yeah, 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 yeah. That guy. Yeah, yeah. He uh, just passed away. And I'm thinking to myself, like, damn, 65. That's too young. Right. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. Because I'm thinking that, like, that's if 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 they're dying at 65, I'm halfway through my life already. As somebody who is halfway through his life, um, let me let me just. It's it's a weird thing to look back that uh, something Travis always a mentor of mine Travis always tells me, um, Father Time's undefeated. Always, you can't you can't beat him, um, and you eventually will join everybody else on the ground. You can stand back yeah. up, but he's gonna put you right back down oh, every yeah. time. Oh, you yeah. just gotta respect that. Yeah, and uh, you so, could fight, huh? You could fight. You could fight. Yeah, you but you do. gotta understand that. And and, and it's it, here's the weird thing about death is is that um, when when death occurs, it shows the Bible to be absolutely unequivocally true because there's this verse in the in the Bible that says eternity is written on the heart of every man, and everybody sit, everybody sits there and, and thinks like when, you know, when something happens, I mean the atheists are screaming, "Why God did you do this?" They're not asking people, they're asking God. Yeah, they're saying, you know, why, "Why would your God yeah, do why, this?" Yeah, exactly. Why would your God? Why why God? What's this, even why God? They're 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 even. You know they're going against their their own, own thoughts on, and I'm not here to you know, persecute atheists or anything like that. What I am doing is saying that you know there is a sense that when somebody passes away, you want to be, you know, introspective. So that's the mourning aspect of it. You're 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 mourning. You're thinking through, and you're going through how you won't see them during Christmas, how you won't experience another birthday, how you won't experience these these seasons in your life where if you. <clears throat> Tell me about that cigar. Tell me about the cigar. I it's need, I need to take a break for a sec. Yeah? Yeah. 
It's uh it's really good, man. It's uh it's a first time smoker approved. Um, lots of flavor changes. Uh, got a little fruity on me in the middle of the podcast. I don't know if you saw me make some faces. Yeah, yeah, I experienced but, that. But um, it's really really good, man. I'm really impressed. I I got to look into the price point on them. I don't I don't know all the details, but it's it's good. The it, cigar the cigar is outstanding. I mean, it's it's really a high top shelf quality cigar. It's it really is. It's it's great for the reasons that everybody likes Padron. It's well balanced. It changes flavor. It's creamy. It's smooth. Um, it keeps you wanting to smoke it. It's a very, very, very good cigar. Well deserving of a top shelf, you know, brand, if you would. I would absolutely agree with that. <clears throat> Here's why I stop. So, like, when you mourn, you think about, like, okay, so let's say you die tomorrow. Okay? We, I don't want you ever dying, but let's say you do. That means no more Cave Creek. That means, that means a lot of stuff. Dude, like. <laughs> that means that means like first off i think i think one of the things i told you was um i don't want to do this without you just so you know and you know it's really weird feeling the emotion you feel without it being a reality you know what i'm saying like that's yeah. weird i don't i don't experience that like i don't <clears throat> Yeah, and I'm not thinking about anybody else. I'm just thinking about what I would lose in life, you know, without you in it. And so when you think about a friend, think about somebody's spouse. Think, think of that. Yeah. I mean, think about a spouse, like, or think about, like, you know. A, a, I mean, a, I don't want to think about a, it, but. Well, no, I, I know. Nobody, <laughs> nobody wants to think about it. But so when you're thinking about that, the mourning process is the thing that you're thinking about, all the things that you miss out on with that person, you know, especially if you work with them. You know, and they're and, and you enjoy working with them. Like you've had people you've enjoyed working with before, dude. Yeah. You just brought in a dude that you, yeah. you said you love. My dude Eric, yeah, yeah, yeah who came in here and uh, a great guy from from Apple. You met him, yeah, Apple, another right? Ohio boy <laughs> from Cleveland. That's right. And uh, I mean, think about what you what you'd miss out on when that happens. Mm. Like you'd miss out on so much. And so the the mourning process is going through that aspect. The grieving process is different. That's where you work that out in public. And with other people, mm. like for example, like if something tragic, <clears throat> yeah, it's crazy. Um, if something tragic would happen to one of my kids, that would be worked out in public too. It wouldn't just be like I'd voice it on a audio, audio cast, or you would say it on a video, or something like that. I would have to talk about it, work it out. I would have to go to their grave. You know, I would have to think through like. You know, um, all these different things, you know, and, and, and for a, when a life is cut short like that, for a parent, the grieving process is very important. And that's when other people come in to help you is yeah. through the grieving process. The mourning is very singular. The grieving process is very plural. Mm. And as guys, that one of the things that we tend to do is we tend to isolate very quickly. Okay, we use alcohol, we use drugs or something like that just to try to get through those those points and, that, and those things. So I'm not, I'm not against the alcohol or anything else like that. Uh, <laughs> I'm a, a pro-drug. Uh, but what I am saying is, is that we tend to isolate versus try to work that through with people because we don't want people to see how vulnerable we really are. Mm. And nothing exposes vulnerability in anybody's life. You're not fooling anybody outside of death. 
it exposes you for who you completely are. It's just hard to hide that. And it's proper to work that out with your buddies, with your friends, with your with other people around you in your life. I think I think another thing too that a lot of people don't do is and, and it, it's because death is this taboo thing that we just kind of like don't don't think about, don't talk about, right? right like right. people are more afraid of public speaking than death. Well, yeah, it's crazy. Which crazy. is crazy yeah. because I know a ton of people that got shots because they were afraid of dying. Yeah. Right? They were right, afraid right. of dying. Oh, 100%, 100%. So, yeah. But with that being said, there's a lot of situations where, like my situation, for example, this is going to sound really bad, um, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it 100% exactly how it is. My mother-in-law has a condition that is going to kill her. Yes. It will. Yes. When? We've already passed that point. Right. Right? So mm-hmm. I don't know. Nobody knows the time. Mm-hmm. I don't care when it is. I'm mm-hmm. happy that she's passed what she's supposed to be passed. But if we began the mourning process now, mm-hmm. it would make the grieving process easier. Mm-hmm. And I don't think people do that because they don't want to think about it. They don't want to th- they don't want to deal okay. with the fact that that person is going to go away. Mm-hmm. And that they they don't want to deal with that ahead of time, right? right. Because they don't they, they just want to bury it. They just want to. It's almost like a denial, right? right. Like, right. Yeah, it's gonna happen, but I, I don't want to think about it. And you've been you've been very instrumental in caring for your mother in law. You know, I, I, with that. I try to be. So yeah, you are. You are. There's, there's no doubt about that. Um, so I mean, it, re- and realistically, between the two of us, you're gonna experience grief before I will typically you know, in, in that regard. And to, to know, like, I'll be a part of healing that with you is an honor and it should be an honor for anybody. It really should be. So if you're, if you're invited into someone's life to work through the grief with them, or you step into that to help them with, with it, and that, that's one of those things, to be honest with you as a pastor, that I did feel very honored and privileged by mm. that people would say, I, I, I need you right now. I need you to come here. I need you to be with me. And, and sometimes, even as a pastor, it was just going to someone's house and having a drink and a cigar with them. Yeah. That's all it was. I mean, it, I literally, I can tell you right now that I, I sat down with multiple, 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 multiple child death. I can't tell you how many. It's one of the reasons I got out of ministry. I even mentioned that to you before. Uh, it's, it's, it's a different thing bearing mm-hmm. old people, and I don't have the wherewithal within me to go through children's funerals all the time. I just don't. I, it's so hard. So I could do it as a friend. As somebody has to keep together during that point for mm-hmm. everybody in the family, I can't. I just can't do it. And uh, I don't have the emotional stability to do that. I just don't. I see guys that do and that work through the grieving process with other people in a very healthy way. I just look at them as like, geez, dude, I, I can't even fathom what that takes. Like, I, I, I can't do it, man. That's that's a really valid point because when I look back at the two specific instances that I have in my life that I was affected by, the first one, I was a senior in high school. So mm. guess who was around me? My mm. entire class. Right, right, right. Yeah. And and it's 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 hard for I mean, I don't I don't fault any young person under the age of twenty five. I just don't, just by nature of the fact that it's so when when your life is is cut short, either by the, I'll tell you the worst I, I ever I ever had to walk, walk with with somebody, and I think I may have mentioned it before. When I first moved to Phoenix, there was a young lady um, who got in a, an argument with her mom, went upstairs, and she hung herself in her closet. <sighs> yeah, and I was the second pastor unseen. The first pastor upset the family so much. I don't know what happened with him. I don't know what his deal was, but I was the second pastor unseen, and uh, just listened, prayed, comforted, 
because she just lost her. Ba- I mean, and, and parents and children fight all the time. You know, I, I, I dealt oh, with yeah, three, dude. I dealt with three teenagers. I don't know what that's like, you know, and I had all my kids under one roof during Christmas. So I can tell you that it happens. Um, and I got to tell you something about Savannah that came through and I'll tell you what's really endearing about this. Um, so when that happens, like all of a sudden, like it's your life is turned upside down. And the person doesn't have the wherewithal to think through all the ramifications. So you have to be talking to the funeral director. You have to be talking to the morgue. You have to be talking to all these other people as you're doing it. And guess and what you know, they want? Yeah, money. They just want your money. They, just, they don't care about anything that you're going through. And in some degree, yes. I think those people, though, have a – I mean, the ones that I dealt with in yeah. particular – um, they were very kind. Okay. Very, I, I, I dealt with a funeral. I've never really met a lot of rude people right. in funerals. So I'll tell you this much. The, the funeral home right down the street here. Yeah. That's the one I've, I've, I've been to probably 15, 20, really? 20 times. Yeah. Right okay. Here, uh, to do funerals at. So, uh, if you, if you visit. Oh yeah. Seals, I forgot that church is right. The church, one of the churches that you, was it one of the churches you helped with? No, no. Uh, it's just a funeral home. So uh, it looks like a church though. Well, like no, I thought that there was a church that you planted that was close. And I thought maybe yeah, that's why that ones. was the funeral home. Yeah. Two different ones, uh, in particular, two different ones. So we had, uh, there's two different churches in here I, I worked with. I planted a church up up uh, up uh, up north, and I worked one with one up here north as well. Uh, but so I so I know the funeral okay. home very very it's well. But ra- I, but random I, topic because I just I but, don't know but I you're that. right. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I I, I also plan, you know, my, my grandparents' funeral, and we're here for that. And and it, there's times that things were just money you yeah. know and it's and it's frustrating and it's just hard you know it really is so um, well and for a grieving especially like a grieving wife like mm-hmm. all she like oh the only reason that came up to my mind is i just my wife just recently lost a uh her like second cousin lost her husband right right um and we knew it was going to happen he's been sick for a while mm-hmm. um but it you know and she had a celebration of life at a right. uh, local place called Crust Brothers Pizza. Mm-hmm. They're uh, um, some. They're from Ohio, so they yeah. make like Donato style pizza. I love Donato. Super yeah. thin crust, really yeah. good. Yeah. Um, but while we were there, one of her biggest complaints was that um, the funeral home was like really demanding about the money. Mm-hmm. They messed up the death certificate like twice. Oh. And she was really worried that, like, that was going to cause problems with her getting the rest of his estate stuff that he had set up, his will and stuff like that, if the death certificate's not right. Right. So that's what made that made me think of that is, like, I just recently experienced somebody who was, like, just had a really poor experience with that. Right. I can can imagine, too. Most, most, I've I've only had, I mean, out of the 15, 15 to 6, I can't remember how many funerals I've done, but out out of that many funerals I've done, I, I literally have never had any problem with a with a, a morgue or That's a funeral good. home. I've had some problems with family because you're you're Yeah, it, people fight over money, dude. It, it's hard. Yeah, it, it's really difficult. It really is. Because people, you know, if you have it's it's very easy in my family. It's split three ways. You know, I have two sisters and myself, it's all split equally. You know, nobody nobody has any and, and see I'm surprised you your know. parents didn't do the forget you guys i'm giving it to the grandkids yeah because <laughs> i feel like mama would do something like that like she not, might she might who knows it's they, they ain't forget dead yet. you it's going to the kids that's fine that's fine with me my wife and i are good but <laughs> and that it, saves it, you it, in the long run anyway it bro. does it does um but uh, you know in in that regard i mean when when you go through mourning mourning is very personal grieving is when you do it with the public and, and you're inviting the public into your own life um and that happens in the form of a celebration of life yeah. in the, um, in the, in a funeral setting yeah. or a wake. And 
that's when people are coming to you and they're saying things like, I'm so sorry for your loss. You know, he was a good man or a good woman. And this was, you know, I'm, I'm very sorry this happened to you. Can I tell like you that. about how I freaking met him? You right, know, right, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Good and, stories. And, and the, the unfortunate thing is um, at that time, you're just you're just absorbing you know, you're not you're not really thinking through. You know this this. I mean, it, this is this is this is this is really interesting. Let's say I die tomorrow. Let's say I die tonight, and <clears throat> people will be coming up to you. Be at the funeral, and people will be coming up to uh, Jamie and saying, "You know, I'm sorry for you know Bradley was great, but whatever else." Um, what you say to Jamie is completely different. And has a completely different weight than anybody else, because I work with you the most. I see you more than I see anybody else. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like so, like that weight. So I think about that when you're grieving, like mm. the things that you say. Yeah, like like I don't know if your wife really knows what I really think about you. I think she does. I mean, I, she's I, got an idea think, of who think, because <clears throat> of who I am, but like if she actually really heard me tell her, I think she. Yeah, I I think that she would say. I think it would. I, I think if. I think she would say that you would say that um, I really enjoy working with your husband. He was a, he was a very great guy. You know all this kind of stuff. I, just stuff like that. I think I think the, the, I think the, you're the selling it stuff. short. Well, I mean, whatever you're going to say, you're going to say. But <laughs> you know, the uh, but I mean, all those things. Like there are people that when you speak, and I think people are afraid to speak at, at time. They're afraid. I, I, this isn't the time for me to say I, I, I loved your. You know, you're this person, I this person, but and I, I think by the, not wanting to upset people, right, right, okay. I think that is the time that you say, you know, this is what your person meant. This is what the person who passed meant to me. I can't imagine how much he meant to you. Mm. You know, I can't. I, and I think that's so. There's a there's there's a really good book on this, by the way, a very good book that I think everybody should read. I had to read it in college, and it really defined. Uh, I'll say this, and this is really hard to explain. It really defined how I looked at grief. Okay. And then it really defined, but I couldn't define it for my own life because I don't have the emotional wherewithal to deal with certain kinds of grief. When it comes to children, anyone under under 25, when they pass away, it undoes me. It just does. I I don't have the wherewithal. And and to be honest with you, how I dealt with as a pastor, I would just shove it down. And when I finally stopped being in vocational ministry, when I'm being paid as a pastor, what have you, um, it was one of the greatest reliefs of my life that I'd never have to. I don't mind going to it. I mean, I do. Everybody minds going to a child's funeral, but I mean, that I wasn't the one responsible for it. I mean, it was just so difficult. It really was. And you know, you bring up another really big point, right? Like, as men, we have a especially like I, I envision this being hard for pastors too, right? Like, mm-hmm. um. Unless you surround yourself with an, uh, more men that are like-minded that you could go to in a situation like that. Like, for example, if you're a surgeon mm-hmm. and you lose a patient, mm-hmm. the best person for you to talk to is every other surgeon that you work with. Yeah. I, <clears throat> In my personal opinion, right. it should be every other surgeon that you work with, especially people that have had more experience than you that have said, you know what? I've done operations for 12 hours, saved somebody's life, and they looked like they were going to be fine, and then they weren't. Like, this is how we deal with this. Let's talk about it. Let's go have a drink. Let's talk about it. Let's get it out. Let's get through it. And I, I think a lot of people don't do that. I think they put themselves on an island. I, yeah, I can't. 
Yeah, I, and I, I feel like pastors are one of the easiest people to end up on an island. Sure, sure. I I would definitely say that I was, for the better part of my life, I was on an island, and I, and I had a few guys I could I could talk to about this. None of my parishioners but were they rowboating to you, or were, did you have to rowboat to them? Uh they they were they were good guys. So early on in ministry, I found a couple other guys. Uh, one guy's name is Randy Shivers, another guy named Scott Mishler, that were instrumental in my life and personal growth as a man. And as a pastor, both those guys are pastors. And Randy was like the the, the goat. He was like the OG of all of us. Okay. He was older than all of us. We were all young pastors. And Randy was um, so instrumentally calm and cool and collected, almost in everything. Wise. Yeah, very wise. And would not at all um, give way to um, the things that you, the, 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 how do you say it? The dramatic stuff that you think through when you're having to do that, like you have when you have to do a funeral, he understands. Like, um, I think one of the first funerals I did was when I was when I was very like I must have been a pastor less than a year, um, and I met Randy and I had said something to him, and he's like, "You go do the funeral, and you go do what you have to do. You're a professional. Don't forget that you're a professional." That's the first time I ever heard as a pastor I'm a professional. Right. Yeah. And oh, you like, are. You do get paid to do right, that job. Right. Right. He's like, you're a professional, so you be a professional. And then he's after that, you come, you come back here, and we'll all sit together, and we'll talk about this. And I, so just to show you how much of a G this dude was. So do you remember when the Columbine shooting happened? Yeah. So I was, I was a pastor during that time, and we all got together, and we, myself, and some other pastors, we go, to, we go to uh, the high school football games, right? Okay. <clears throat> he he didn't go that night with us because uh, he was he was a pastor. He came from Colorado. And one of the families who had a kid that was killed um, in in the Columbine shooting, he hadn't heard from them yet, and he was like, "I need to, I need to, I need to stay back, guys, and let's, let's pray for you know." I can't remember. It was very, it was a very popular one. It was a very popular shooting. Like she was one of the kids that was very popular that was killed. Oh dang! Um, it was either he, the movie theater or Columbine. It was Columbine. Columbine. That was Columbine. And uh, and he and he talked about that a little bit, and he was so somebody else. I I thought. I mean, these guys are professionals, dude. I don't know if I was ever a professional pastor because I didn't have the emotional stability to be so. Um, it, it was him, Randy Shivers, and then a guy named Ricky Ford who's here in Phoenix. He was the pastor, senior pastor when I was a youth pastor, college pastor guy over at Desert Springs. Ricky Ford, um, I, I wish I could, I wish I was free to tell you these stories yeah. of Rick, but I've seen him multiple times where he he should have lost it emotionally and kept it together. And he remember, I remember him telling me the same thing. He goes, as a professional, we don't have the, um, luxury, luxury of, of letting our emotions go at this moment. We'll have that time later on together. You know, I think that's part, probably one of the things that uh, I missed out on, on being a pastor. I didn't have other guys around me that I, that I would gather just pastoral ministry is very lonely. That's why, that's why I went to an Island, man. Like my first, my first thing that I was thinking about is like when a pastor goes through some of that grief, because you're you're gonna deal with grief, like you, mm-hmm. those are your that, those are your sheep, right? right? Oh, when somebody, that you're you're tending to, right? Like, yeah, dude. When one of your flock goes down, bro, like mm-hmm. that's sad. That's hard to deal with, particularly if there's somebody who you really enjoyed, and you 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 saw just tremendous amounts. Yeah, of you saw the light and the joy and, oh, being spread. Oh, absolutely, and then that happens. There's there's uh, there's as a as a Christian as a pastor, there's two two things I have when it comes to like grief. First, it, 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 I promise you this much, it does make the grief easier for me. Like knowing the person's a believer, mm. and <clears throat> Jesus and them got it all worked out, I'm, I'm, it's much easier. I'm, I'm like, 
I, I mean, it's it's weird to say I'm a tad bit jealous because I don't know what it's like to stand in front of God and and, and to be welcomed. But, into the kingdom. but you're comforted in knowing that 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 they they legitimately are going to go to a better place. I have faith in that. Yes, I have faith in that, knowing that like they're they're at peace finally. And, yeah. And, and if life is a war, if life is crazy, um, to have absolute absolute ultimate peace finally, you know, to be with the one. I mean, like for example, like. When people talk about heaven and everything like that, and we get these golden palaces or whatever you want to call it, I don't care about any of that crap. I really don't. The only thing I care about when I get to heaven is seeing the one person that I've worshipped all my life. Mm. I mean, I've, I've worshipped mm. Jesus all my life. So, like, since the time I was 15, so, like, if, if, if I don't care if I have Cadillacs and spinners and everything else like that, whatever Hollywood wants to try to sell you, I don't care about any of that crap. The only person <laughs> I care about that's there is Jesus. I don't, that over my children, over everybody else, over my wife. I, I want Jesus more than anything else. So, like, that's the one thing that I want to see when I get to heaven. And so, when I when I when I know someone's experiencing that, and I know who they are and their character and everything like that. I'm like, man, he's getting to meet, you know, the, the, he's getting to meet the, the Father. He's seeing the Son. He's the Holy Spirit. I mean, like the, the triune God of the Bible. He's seeing that for the first time. Like that to me is amazing. So it makes it so much more easier and a, a little less grievous you know, if you would, but the morning is still there because you're missing the, the, the part of that person that was here with you and things like that. Yeah. And, and I know the stuff that we do here is much more monumental than just people smoking cigars. I know that. Well, and see, that's, that's where you got me on this analogy, right? Like as men, if you have a group of men around you, the chances are one of those guys is going to notice that your, your morning process has left you on an island too long. And they get in their boat and they go and they get you off this island and they say, all right, bro, let's talk about it. Let's go through the grieving process. Let's get you off of the island. You're done going through your personal. And the morning process is lucrative, right? We don't know how long people take to go through that, right? Right. But as your homies, they would they would notice when it's too far. Right. When right. when are you on that island too long? You know, you, you get into that depression. You start not eating. You start not looking healthy. They right. know, bro. Right. They know. They yeah. got to get in that rowboat and they got to pull you off that island and they got to help you go through the grieving process. And that, that's a that's a big thing for guys to understand, too, is that <clears throat> as a friend of somebody who's grieving, um, there's that moment to where you want to uh, be helpful to them in a way they need it, even if they don't know they need it. Like mm-hmm. to, to, to say to somebody like, hey, bro, let, let, we're going out tonight. You, you and I and, and the boys are going out and we're going to grab a private room at a cigar lounge. We're going to shut the door. I got a bottle of this, and we're just going to s- smoke and drink and chat. Like, that's something that... That's Temperature something that, check, bro. Where yeah, are you at? Exa- yeah, that's a huge thing that... And I would say to guys that are that are part... That have the... have the. I say it's a privilege. Have the privilege of doing that with a dude and saying, like, hey, man, I, we love you. We care. We want to know where you're at, how you're feeling. You know, things like that. That's one of those things that you really want to see happen with guys that often doesn't because what we do... Is we just we just think the man up aspect of it, and we row and, out to that island, bro. Yeah, and, and the guys are like, "Well, he's on the island. I got to respect the island." And that's a time that you really don't want to do that. That's a time that you want to say, "Now, you don't want to superimpose your will on somebody, but you want to be able to say, like, hey, man, temperature check time.' Let's yeah, you don't want to have to hit him on the head with a coconut <laughs> right. to get him off the island, right? He, right. You right. gotta you gotta want to face that grief, and that's the thing, right? You have to face it, and if if you're not willing to face it, right, right. it's hard. But when you have Four other guys standing behind you going, bro, we're looking at this together. Right. 
it's a it's a it's a community and it's a it's close you're not holding all the weight anymore right, bro right that's it that's we're just, holding you and then all the other weight is on all of us I, and i think as guys we don't want help for, with anything and so we feel like somebody else you know i know i know several of my friends are this way you know i got this man i, I don't need help with this I, I can do this and while you respect that as a guy there's there's a time to say okay man here here's where you really need to be in you know uh you let us help you with this you let us do this there's and I've seen this see and I, the reason I talk about this as guys is because I think with girls it's very 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 different and women we know are more emotionally mature than men well yeah and, and they so, and they just it, there's a reason they call they everybody makes jokes about oh they're they're in there squawking again they're in there talking you know what they're doing they're doing all the shit us men aren't freaking doing right they're, they're going through their problems they're talking yeah. about how you're being bullshit at home mm-hmm. and how you need to do this or do that or how they maybe even need to do this or do that. Right. Like, right. right. And if you're not doing the same things with your own men, with your yeah. own group of people, then mm-hmm. and your own significant other. Right. If like, right. if you can't sit down and have those conversations with each other either, like you're not going anywhere. I think you're hundred percent right, man. I, I think that. So the, so the morning process is very, very, very personal. And I don't know if there's a, a way, but that's, that's where we're in. The grieving process is public and inviting guys into your life to help you grieve through that is a very important process, man. And I'll say something I heard a pastor say a long time ago. I think it's just brilliant. You always need your crew before your crisis. You, you need your crew before your crisis. I mean, here, here's the problem is when the crisis happens, too late to get a crew. It's too late to find them. It is, dude. I mean, you, you might have guys come out of the woodwork once in a while, but... Chances are, if you don't have the crew before the crisis and the crisis goes down, you're not going to have a crew. That's a good point, yeah. man. You're not going to start a war without already having an army. Exactly. And so it, in, in this life, it's important to have a, a brotherhood. prepared yeah. army. Yeah, exactly. Where people understand they have the right to your life. People understand they have the, the right to speak wisdom and so on and so forth. And it correct you. And that, that it goes back to the three things I tell you that's necessary for all brotherhood to happen. Time, trust, and truth. You need time with people. You need trust with them. And you need to be able to tell them the truth even when it hurts and it's important to have those things with other men around in your life. And they got to be able to tell you that stuff, you know, as well, which is important. So, well, here, here's the question to wrap this whole thing up. What do you think about the grieving process? We want to hear your thoughts. And I know it's a tender subject. It's a weird way to start out the start out 2023 uh, with the podcast, but I think it's necessary because a lot of stuff did happen in 2023 or 2022. People were just posting up and it wasn't like 2022 was a great year everyone's was posting up like negative glad that year's done glad it's open i'm glad it's done and so on and so yeah, forth i saw a picture of like a meme of that somebody drew and it was like some dude dressed in a suit smiling all crazy like and it said 2023 on it and he had a knife in his hand and he was like running <laughs> after this person yeah. and they were like what the i'm still processing 2019 right 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 <laughs> it's it's a uh it's a it's been a crazy 2020 years it's been a crazy year and we're glad it's done now we're on to 2023, and as we go forward in the podcast, guys, uh, we are brought to you by the HuddleUpStudios.com. Uh, I'll explain that later on as well when you think about HuddleUp stores, and uh, we'll explain what that means in our new sponsor. Uh, but I want you guys to understand like that that we want to hear your feedback more than ever on the podcast, and a lot of you guys are offering that, and we definitely love that. This is how you give us your feedback. Email us at CutLightSmokePodcast, all one word, podcast at gmail.com we'll get your we'll get your emails there and if there's other topics or issues or things like that you want us to cover feel free to send us an email because we definitely read them and we definitely will respond to them so with that said guys this has been the cut light and po- cut light and smoke podcast brought to you by huddle up store studios and we will 
catch you on the next podcast. With that said, we're out of here like last year. Peace. Good. <laughs>